Tonight, God's Word comes to us once again from Paul's letter to the Philippians. We're going to be looking at chapter 1 this evening. We're going to begin our reading at verse 12 and read through the end of the chapter. Our focus tonight will be on the last part of verse 18 through the end of the chapter. Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 12. What we hear now is God's Word. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some, indeed, preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, as we have been studying this letter, we have seen that Paul, at the beginning of the body of the letter, beginning at verse 12, wants to talk about the most important things to him. I want you to know, brothers, 
that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. For Paul, that was fundamental. Everything took second place to the advancement of the gospel, others hearing the word of Jesus Christ. He says it's affected those around him. It's affected the guards. Uh, They knew he was in prison for the sake of, of Christ. It emboldened the brothers to become even more confident in their preaching. And he says even though some would preach out of envy or rivalry, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Christ is proclaimed. That was fundamental and most important to the Apostle Paul. He puts that right up front in his letter. And now we're going to look at another thing that is of central importance to him. Not only that Christ is proclaimed, but also that Christ is honored. We might put it this way, not only concerned about what we say about Christ, but about how we live for Christ. That these two things go together in perfect harmony. Paul's number one concern that Christ is proclaimed, but Paul's second concern that Christ is honored. In his life, as he is imprisoned for the sake of the gospel, in their life as they are concerned about him, and certainly in our life as well, that Christ be honored in our lives. Paul says, Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Paul is encouraged by the church. He's encouraged by the Philippians knowing that they are praying for him. That prayer encourages him. Notice, he doesn't say this. I notice there's really nothing you can do for me, so all you can do is pray. I I, I sometimes think we look at prayer as almost a last resort. We look at prayer and minimize its significance and its power. Oh, I would help you if I could, but I can't, so all I can do is pray to minimize the significance and the power of that prayer. Paul says, no, I know that that through your prayers and with the help of the Spirit, This is going to turn out for my deliverance. You are praying for me, and God is listening to the prayers you are offering. Through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, I am being encouraged, I am being strengthened, knowing that you are doing all that you can at this point. And that Holy Spirit of God is caring for me, is comforting me, is remaining with me, And I know that whatever happens, this will turn out for my deliverance. Paul is encouraged by the prayers of God's people because God is faithful to hear those prayers. God knows what is best, and God will answer in the best way possible, but he uses the means of the prayers of his people to bring encouragement to the Apostle Paul. 
I'm encouraged, Paul says, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Paul goes on to say, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed. When Paul talks about not being ashamed here, he's not talking about um, the shame of, of doing something wrong, uh, the shame of his own sin, but he's saying, I, I, I pray that I will not have a lack of confidence in what God is continuing to do, in that God, he will hear and he will answer, answer that I would be confident and that my actions would in no way dishonor him. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, that I might live for him, that my actions might not betray a lack of confidence in God, but that I might be assured God is hearing, God is answering, he is caring. That's where Paul's confidence comes from that God is the God who is acting, and Paul says that I might not, might not do anything to diminish the power of Christ or to have Christ not be honored by the actions in my life, whether that is in my life or in my death. He says in verse 21, for to me to live is Christ. That was Paul's joy to live in the light of the love of God through Jesus Christ. Paul, Paul who knew the darkness of sin, Paul who was one who was opposed to the church and then arrested by God's glorious grace and loved to dwell in that grace, to think about that grace and to live in the light of that grace. For me to live is Christ that Christ might be honored. And if I live that way, he says, that will also be a blessing for you. Look at verse 22. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Labor in other churches and labor on behalf of the Philippians. Paul would continue to do the work God had given him to do. Verse 24. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. That in my life you might have reason to give glory to God as you see him work his perfect ways out for me. Paul says, whether in my life or in my death. Now, those two options were a real reality for the Apostle Paul. He was imprisoned. Uh, he would be charged. He would be tried. This could end up with his death. But he says, no matter what, no matter what, I want to live in such a way that Christ will be honored. For me to live is Christ, and he says, and to die is gain. 
Even if I die, my prayer is that Christ will be honored. That my death would be in such a way that brings glory to Him. That He be honored whether I live, that He be honored whether I die. Again, from verse 22. He says, Yet I am, which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Paul's desire to be with Christ, which is far better. On the end of this verse, he piles up words for meaning better. It is far better, it's much better, it's better by far than anything I could have hoped for. That even in my death, if that is the case, that Christ might be honored. Paul's confidence is that God will continue to be with him, whether in life or in death, and whichever God chooses, that Jesus Christ might not only be proclaimed through the Apostle Paul, but that Jesus Christ might be honored in the life of the Apostle Paul, that his words and his deeds might match each other perfectly. Christ was all that mattered to Paul. He writes this letter to give them encouragement as well. He tells them what his desire is. Better to be away with Christ, but it's, it's, it's even better than that to be here and to go with ongoing fruitful service. He tells them his desire for himself and now he goes on to give them instruction. How should they live their lives? From verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul says, I, I know how I want to live. I want to live in such a way that if God allows me to continue living, it will be to honor Christ. And if he has me died, that will be to the honor of Christ. But you too, he says, you too as a church have to be aware of that. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. He says, and then whether I come and see you or if I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit. You are standing for Christ. You are seeking to have Him honored in your life. Whether you live or whether you die, your primary desire is that Jesus Christ receive the honor from the decisions that you make. And he says one of the ways that that will evidence itself your desire to honor Christ will evidence itself when you stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. You will evidence this desire to have Christ honored when you live together as a body of believers. When you stand side by side for the faith of the gospel. When you live your life in the context of the Christian church. 
When you don't stand off alone by yourself, but you are part of the body. That's part of the blessedness of belonging to the church. There is a joy that we have in standing side by side for the faith of the gospel. A blessedness when there is unity and fellowship in the church. When it is our common desire that in all of our lives and our collective life that Christ be honored. And so as a church, he encourages them to commit to this manner of life worthy of the gospel. He says in verse 28, and that you are not frightened in anything by your opponents. Not being frightened because you are not alone. Because you do belong to this body. We are called to be, to be members of Christ's church, standing together not only for his glory, but also for our benefit. When we are afraid, when we are concerned about matters, we have a body to which we can go. There is a sense of comfort, a sense of safety, a sense of security. When we are cared for under the loving leadership of Christ through the eldership of the church, as the elders come to visit with us, to encourage us, to pray with us, there's a great joy in, in belonging together as a body. Christ has brought us together as his body, and in that there's a joy, there's a fellowship, there's a standing side by side, and an assurance. We don't have to go through the Christian life alone. We don't have to be frightened when things come up and challenge us, but we have a body of believers who will be concerned about us, to encourage us, and to pray for us. God gives us in the body of Christ a variety of gifts and talents. We need each other. No one of us can do everything. We need the body of Christ to stand side by side that in that Christ may be honored. How many people don't disparage the church when they say all they do is fight with each other anyway? We must, we must seek in our lives to live in the manner worthy of the gospel, standing side by side for the faith of the gospel, not frightened by anything. We were saved to honor Christ, saved to live for him. He came to do everything necessary to accomplish our salvation. He came to take away all of our sins. He died on the cross to give us a new life. What does that new life look like? It does not look like a new life of self-indulgence that I'll live the way I want for my ease and for my comfort. But it's a life of loving service to Christ in the context of the body of Christ. And we referred to that last time in about being uh, appreciative of the places where the gospel is being preached. Also where God's people joined together with a common goal to bring glory and honor to Christ, who is their Savior. That, that not only is His Word proclaimed, but His Word is lived among us. We all need that assurance. We all need that comfort. Kids need to, to grow up knowing that, that not only do mom and dad pray for them, but the church is praying for them. Elders are praying for them. The minister's praying for them. 
our high schoolers need the comfort of the body of Christ. They are faced with many challenges and have many questions, and they have to know that they are not alone that the body of Christ, the people of God, are, are praying that in their lives, Christ may be honored. As we go through the parenting years of raising our young children, we need the body of Christ to help us in that task. When, when we baptize a child, we commit ourselves to doing all we can to help in the raising of that child. When we enter our older years, we begin to wonder, do we have any significance in the church anymore? Does anyone care about us? We need to know we have a body. A body who loves us and is concerned about us, even in, as senior saints, that we might continue that Christ would be honored in our lives. This is the blessing. The blessing of belonging to the people of God. The blessing of belonging to his body. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. And then he concludes, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. It has been granted to you for the sake of Christ not only to believe, but also to suffer. Paul says it should not surprise us when difficulties come our way for the sake of the gospel. It should not surprise us that when we seek to live this life worthy of the manner of the gospel, not all will notice and be blessed by that, but some will challenge us. And once again in that, we take our refuge that we do not stand alone. God stands with us, and it manifests itself in the fact that the church stands with us as well. Paul encourages this body of Christ to, to live together. He's going to continue that encouragement of working together as a body as we get into chapter 2 uh, for our next sermon. But he reminds us that what is most important is that in our life as individuals, in our life as a body of believers, Christ is proclaimed. His word continues to go out. And that as we live our life day by day, Christ would also be honored in the choices we make, in the decisions we make, in the direction we take, that we do that in concert with the church, with the blessing of the body, for his honor and glory. It is my prayer, Paul says, that now as always, Christ be honored in my body, whether in life or in death, whatever the circumstances God gives, that we might bring glory to him. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you that you do not leave us alone as believers. 
We need not be Lone Ranger Christians, but you draw us together as your people. And we thank you particularly that you have put us in this body. Lord God, strengthen the bonds of love between us. May we truly uh, stand together with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything. Because we know that you care for your church, you love your church, and you will continue to guide and lead your church. So make us strong, O oh God. Make us bold in you that in all we do and in all we say, Jesus Christ may be honored in our life. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.